somewhere around like six years old, my my parents eventually broken up with each other. They weren't married or anything like that. And the reason why they broke up was because of rivalry between the gangs. And um, by the time I was eight years old, my dad had gotten shot nine times. And Welcome everyone once again to another life video of Ordinary People Extraordinary Lives. For us to begin, I've asked Richard to read a Bible verse for us. So we're going to read it from uh, Romans 9.15, right? Yeah. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Thank you. And the reason why I'm reading that verse is because uh, today's episode, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I... Um, got the title basically from the Bible verse. And um, this uh, fourth episode, we will have Jose, Jose Rosales, and he will be sharing his testimony with us today. And remember, this uh, series is just dedicated to hear testimonies from different believers and uh, followers of Jesus Christ. And just trying to encourage you, if you don't know the Lord, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, that you will hear how the Lord transformed the lives of these people, how they came from different backgrounds, and how the Lord saved them out of darkness into light. So I will have uh, Jose join us right now. Well, first of all, thank you so much just for taking this time to share your testimony. I uh, had the opportunity to listen to your testimony uh, during our Bible study foundation. And I was just so encouraged by it. And I remember just even like approaching you in one of our events at Foundation. And I just told you, hey, so I'm working on this series that I want to be able to do where I want to have different believers to share their testimony and how the Lord transformed their lives. And I was like, I'm going to keep you in mind. So will you be willing to do it, to, to share? And of course, you said, yes, of course, just let me know. And I'm so glad that, uh, that we are here today and we can uh, just get to know you a little better and just give us a little background uh, of your upbringing and to the point when you're first introduced to the gospel. Okay, so my, a little bit about my background. Um, I grew up in Burbank, California. I was born in San Fernando. Um, both of my parents, they um, were both gang members and So this, this lifestyle that I, I was brought up in, it was, um, it was just uh, growing up, it was very familiar to me. There was, I had my outlook and my, my worldview of my life was just kind of like um, things that uh, had a, a lot of wrong influences. As we know, the first Corinthians 15, I believe it's verse 33 says that bad company ruins good character and my whole life was surrounded about um, influencing um, crime as uh, as most as we can and so growing up in that lifestyle i um, um, uh, I had a, a large influence in my life and um, as growing up and around like eight years old um, somewhere around like six years old my my parents eventually Uh, bro had um, broken up with each other. They weren't married or anything like that. And the reason why they broke up was because of rivalry between the gangs. And um, by the time I was eight years old, my dad had gotten shot nine times. And so this kind of like um, 
um, kind of like uh, drew me closer to the gang life because I wanted to seek after uh, those people who hurt my dad. And so it wasn't any better that I was living with my, my mom who was really immersed in this gang lifestyle. Um, she was really um, influencing my life and uh, with a lot of witchcraft and a lot of other stuff. And um, so by the time I was like eight and a half or nine years old, I, I also joined a gang. And the one thing I try to do is make a name for myself. And so after that, um, um, I, I was, I did everything that I could to try to find these people. And obviously I got lost in this life, in this lifestyle. So, um, by the time I was 10 years old, I got arrested for the first time. And, um, I just remember that, um, I just remember going to jail and then, uh, opening up the word of God. Um, and again, I, I know many of you have heard my testimony and this is how God used, uh, me getting arrested to draw me. Um, I mean, at that point, I didn't understand. I didn't know who God was. I, my relation, I, I actually looked at him as like, okay, uh, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And that was a lot of how I grew up. And um, my grandma, she she would actually pay me money just to go to church with her. It was a Catholic church, but nevertheless, uh, I, I that was as um, God knew that he would use that, even that, to help me to understand that there is a God. Um, so I had no doubt that there was a God. I just didn't know that I was dead in my trespasses, that I was on my way to hell, that I was in bondage to slavery of sin. And so at that time, um, I would always open up the word of God. So time and time again, I would, I would go in and out of jail. Um, mo all my life, I, after 10 years old, it was just kind of like a ripple effect. Um, I was always in and out of jail. Um, I never really went to school on the outside. And so um, the word of God says this in 2 Timothy 3, 14, um, all the way to 17. And um, I'm just going to quote one verse. It says, and that from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so... Um, through this, as my grandma would take me to church here and there, and then I would read the Word of God, I was reading the Word of God. I just didn't understand it, but God was using that to slowly but surely to the appointed time and day that He had chosen for me to cry out unto Him. And so, fast forwarding a little bit, I was really bad and going violent from, as the scripture says, going from worse to worse. Um, talking to Paul, talking about the end times in Second Timothy chapter three, and then um, I, I I seen uh, that after a while it it just wasn't getting any better, and I knew this. I knew that my at that time I and it was it was wrong, you know. Uh, there was a conviction. I just I didn't understand that this courtroom within me was what God was going to use to hold me accountable one day. Um, and so um, 
after maybe around like uh, 2000, um, like around 2013, uh, as I as I mentioned to you guys that I was really involved in, uh, my mom introduced me to witchcraft and a lot of other stuff. And so I always thought that this world literally surrounded me. Like I was the the person who makes this world go around and I was so full of myself. Um, I was like that man that Solomon says in Proverbs, I, I couldn't sleep unless I had done someone harm. And after around um, 2013, I, I got arrested, of course, again. And this time I'm, I'm facing life in prison, five life sentences, um, attempt murder, carjacking, kidnapping, mayhem, and I forget the other one. And um, this time I'm just like, wow. Like I, I knew that my life was gonna be involved in the gist gain lifestyle. And I knew that I was gonna be in and out of jail, but now I, I saw the end of the rope. Like this is gonna be my life now. And so I made it up in my mind okay, this is it. This is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. So I threw everything out the window, everything that I ever knew, everything, all my family, like I, I just said, forget it. And I just remember, and I just remember that um, going to the courtroom, now I'm, I'm going to speedy trial. And I don't know if you guys know what, um, uh, Burbank has a 90 98.9 conviction rate and they're very serious about everything that goes on and I'm sitting in court with these charges hanging over my head and all of a sudden I'm just like thinking about what I'm going to do when I get back to this dorm uh, what what food I'm going to eat a lot of if you're familiar with the uh, jail there's a lot of cup of noodles and soups and so I was thinking of like okay what am I going to put in my soup when I get back and stuff like that and um, and all of a sudden my, my, um, my attorney, he taps me on the shoulder and he's like, Jose, Jose, you're getting released. And I was like, I looked at him and I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and then I put my head down and I was like, wait, what? And he's like, you're going home today. And so I was like, I don't, why? Like, I don't get it. And then he's like, look here. Cause the witness went out to the stand and they asked him to tell exactly what happened. And during that time, when the crime was um, being done, I stopped the crime so that this person would like, I, I mean, I didn't um, know this was part of what he was gonna remember. And so I stopped what was happening and I said to this other guy and I was like, look, what more, like, what more do you want from this guy? Like, you have everything, you got his wallet, everything. And, and then I, the witness remembered that. And so he said that on the stand. And because of that, the judge ruled over the case and said, because I had stopped it, because I had stopped it for that, I saved that man's life. And so I was released from the Burbank courthouse that very day. Wow. And I, before everything, before all that, before I was actually sitting on the seat, I just remember that um, I was um, um, sitting there in, in the cell and I told myself, like, 
like man i i hope i i will get released one day from this and i hope that this this is not my life and i just remember i just remember singing um and it was about god but i and i just started singing right again i wasn't saved um i had no relationship with god my only relationship was that i was under his condemnation and i was on my way to hell um and so all i remember is getting released from the courthouse and then going home and i didn't learn i didn't learn my lesson i, I didn't cry out to the lord i i was i still did the same thing so now a year later i uh august now this is 2003 this is august 24th of 2014 and um again i'm just doing the same old thing and now i'm going to jail for again now i'm facing 20 years in jail uh for assault with a deadly weapon and criminal threats and i just remember that day and i i'm in handcuffs and i'm looking up and i just i just say lord i mean well god um wherever you take me i just want to get to know you more mm-hmm. and all i remember is going getting processed being processed and um slowly slowly but surely uh, december uh hits and during the time of december a lot of volunteers like to come inside to prison and um, in the actually county jail and they like to hand out greeting cards so that we can send our family some um some cards mm-hmm. and my intention was not to go just to get a card um i and because a lot of people were very familiar with me because after you going in and out of jail, people start recognizing you and recognizing the face. And so um, I was, I was over this dorm and I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is not right. What I am doing is not okay. And I didn't understand it was my sin. It was a burden on my shoulders. And then I remember telling myself, thinking about my life and how foolish I've been living and how I was living in my own understanding. I didn't fear the Lord. Um, as we can see in Romans chapter three is the root of it is that there's no fear of God before their eyes. Um, um, and then I, 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 it was me just living my own life, being my own authority. Um, I didn't, like, I really, uh, it got me upset and angry if anybody told me what to do because I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And so I just thinking about myself, I have two daughters out there and I'm not going to see them for a very long time. And suddenly I thought to myself, if I can just get out of here, I knew I couldn't escape because it's very gated and blocked. Um. I was like, I just need some fresh air. I need to get out of this dorm. And at that, within that hour, they called for Protestant services. And immediately I was like, this is my ticket. This is my way to get out and get some fresh air. Little did I know, I go and someone, whoever that man is, may God bless that man's soul, because he faithfully preached the word of God, the gospel, 
And as I was sitting there, my intentions again, just to go over there and come back. But I was like, I figured I'll sit down, see what this guy has to say. And he preached the word of God. And he said, is if anybody would like to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, then go ahead and pray with me. And immediately, like the burden that I felt my whole life, this weight on my shoulders, I confessed my sin. I repented of it. And immediately, it's like as when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I shall give you rest. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And it immediately, like there was just the release, a burden had lifted enough of my shoulders. And there was this peace that surpasses all understanding. And as Psalms 34, 6 says, this poor man cried out and the Lord saved them out of all his troubles. I was that poor man. And as I mentioned before in my other testimonies, I still am that poor man. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I was the one who was mourning over my sin, and I was comforted by the peace of God, the Prince of Peace, as according to Isaiah 9.6. Um, and so after that, this, this beautiful transformation, I, I like um, uh, what the scripture says in uh, Second, uh, Second Peter, uh, yeah, actually First Peter chapter 2, it says, um, bringing them out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we can proclaim his excellencies because we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. And so during that time, I had no guidance. I had nobody to tell me what the word of God says. And um, I, I had to leave. It, it was very scary for me because I was so involved in this lifestyle that I had to tell people, uh, especially because I was over this dorm and I had to tell the main guy who had this whole yard and I had to tell him like, hey, I don't want anything to do with this. And I literally was fearful. As we know, the word of God talks about the fear of man. And I had so much fear. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And so I just remember going up to him and telling this guy. And I'm so glad that I found him by himself too. Um, and I told him, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And can you find someone else? And he looked at me for a little bit. And I was like, oh, wow, like color just drained from my skin. And I was like, this is it. And he's like, okay, sure, I'll give it to somebody else. And so I was like, so thankful in my heart. Um, and then after that, uh, fighting from, I was fighting my case for maybe like nine or 10 months. And then by God's mercy and grace, um, I, I got four years in prison and um, I went to reception and I was still involved and I was I was thinking that I can be a Christian and I can be a gang member at the same time. Um, and one verse that the Lord had used me to bring me fully to surrender to him was um, in Matthew 6 when it talks about you cannot serve two gods. You're either going to love one or hate the other. You know that the context is talking about money. 
-hmm. but the principle holds true that I can't serve two masters and my whole life was summed up in this gang and I didn't know it at that time and so I went to this uh, one place I was in fire camp and then um, and I also thought that I can be a Christian and isolate myself but Proverbs 18 one says that a man who isolates himself seeks after his own wise judgment and God had orchestrated everything so perfectly that one day I was on my way to church, right? And um, I was leave, I was about to leave and they had to unlock the doors, but I guess somebody was outside that they weren't supposed to be outside. Now, because of that, the cop came in and he says, whatever you guys have in here, because he was outside when he wasn't supposed to, I'm gonna search this whole dorm. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna call the whole squad like a bunch of like a 30 officers and me i was like i don't care because i don't have nothing to hide so they searched the dorm and they pulled me aside and they told me put your hands behind your back so i was like what's going on um and they said like here take a look at this we found this on your, on your bed um and then it was a knife on my bed someone planted a knife on my bed um and i went to the hole um, but I'm so thankful for that time because that's what God had used so that I can fully surrender to him. And I was by myself and I grew so much in that cell. And then um, finally I surrendered and I told myself, I cannot live being a gang member and being a Christian. I got to pick one. And then, so I, I was like, okay, Lord, I got it. I'm going to choose you over everything, but please protect me. I, I, I want to serve you. I just don't know how. And so um, I eventually got shipped out to a different prison. And then um, I was so fearful about what was going to happen because, because before I was still um, claimed that I was a part of this gang. So the next prison I went to, they always ask you like, hey, who do you run with? What's your name? And then um, I haven't said my name in so long. And then it felt like, it felt great to say my name for the for a very long time and throughout my life. And they asked me, hey, who do you run with? And what's your name? And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm just a Christian and my name's Jose. And, and like, I don't know, it just felt, I don't know. Maybe you guys cannot relate a lot to that, but, um, I felt so joyful and to say my name, my birth given me name. And um, at that time I was in a different prison, obviously. And I met the most wonderful brothers in my whole life. And I, I will never forget them because a man, he discipled me. He's been in jail for 23 years already. And he has a lifer and um, he discipled me. He took me under his wings and this is how God introduced me to Grace Community Church through this one man, because this um, brother who comes often for Shepherd's Conference, his name is Chuck Holmes, um, used, God used him to bring the fundamentals of the faith into that specific prison. And the one who was my pastor there, he discipled me in the fundamentals of the faith. And I would look at the pamphlet and it says Sun Valley, California. And I was like, hey, that's just down the street from where I live in Burbank. 
And so I took the fundamentals of the faith and then I got so comfortable there. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, God had another plan for me. And so that all switched up and then he was sending me to a different prison. And I was so upset because these brothers who had loved on me um, have cared for me and you're just laying down each other's lives for each other. And um, it, it was a wonderful thing. And then I was now leaving. And so after that, I went to a different prison and then God has so much uh, amazing things ahead. And I, I didn't know. So I went on this bus and throughout the time I was on this bus and we're not supposed to talk on the bus or anything like that. And the first person who sat next to me was gonna it was a brother. I didn't know him because he can't talk. Was a brother, and God had plans for me and him, uh, him and I, and He used us to start up a church in um, in Arizona, and we were cellies throughout the whole time. Uh, cellmates, I should say, cellmates throughout the whole time, um, and we went to Arizona, started up a church. Um, by God's word and everything, um, God had used what they had taught me in that last prison to be able to instruct the brothers and, and to have a firm foundation. I like what it says in uh, Paul's second missionary journey when Paul uh, gives a good report. And uh, it, it's very hard for you to come back to that same prison from the one you left. And surprisingly against God's sovereignty over everything. He brought me back to that same prison where I was discipled at so I can give that good report and told them everything that the Lord was doing. Um, by the time I left that prison, God's word was going forth. Men were being equipped, refreshed by the word of God, strengthened in their faith. And then it was like six months before I got out. And then uh, I got out and I would honestly, I didn't want to go to be with my family because I was, I was doing seminary in prison and uh, they were offering a home. And so that's what I wanted to do. And so I didn't want to be a burden to my family. And then um, as much as, as much as I tried to reach out, they weren't, they weren't um, responding. And so I was like, man, what am I going to do? So I'm at the Greyhound station. I got released. I'm at the Greyhound station and I called my, my uncle and I was like, Hey, um, I, I got out and can you pick me up? And he's like, who is this? Cause I haven't called in so long. And the only thing I would do is I would write letters to my daughters. Um, and that's, that's all they, cause I didn't want to be a burden to my family and the brothers took care of me. And obviously I had a job in prison. And, um, so after that, um, I told my family, hey, look, I'm not planning to stay long. I'm just, I'm going to reach out to this place that wanted to take me in so I can complete doing the seminary. It's called Me, the Urban Ministry Institute in LA. Um, and they still were not answering. And so I was like, man, what's going to go on? It's been a week already since I got out. And I was like, the thought popped into my head. And I was like, Grace Community Church, I, I, I need to at least start going to a church. Mm -hmm. So I call up at the front desk and it's Carol. And she answered, she's like, hey, um, how can I help you? This Grace Community Church. And I was like, when's your next service? I need to go. I need to plug myself in somewhere. And so she's like, hey, you can come on Sundays. There's a couple services. I was like, I'm on my way. 
so I go and you know um, it and yeah it just uh, and ever since then um, I, I've been loved upon and I've met you guys and all the brothers and sisters who go to Grace Community Church who are watching and um, I'm very thankful for Grace Community Church and they have just loved loved me and taken care of me and um, is words cannot express what Grace Community Church has and the lighthouse it has been to this dark and crooked generation. Mm -hmm. So that is my testimony and that's how God saved me and that's how God um, used me in that way as I mentioned before now I do biblical counseling at Grace Community Church and I um, I try to serve as much as I can. I'm part of a, a custodial at Grace Community Church. And um, sometimes I love serving at the nursery. You know, I, I feel that um, I wasn't there for my, for my little children when they were babies. And it's like, I, that's my way of giving back and just helping out in the nursery. And so wherever God wants me and takes me and, as Isaiah says, after he says, woe to me, I'm a sinful man uh, before uh, uh, this people who are sinful and wicked hearts. And he says, send me, O Lord. You know, this is the call, you know, one who has truly repented and he goes forth, you know, doing the work of the Lord. And so that's how God saved me. And to if there's anything that you... Uh, heard and anything that I was trying to illustrate or express is that to God be the glory alone. Um, may God's glory be put on display. It's never been me. It's everything that he has done is for by grace. I have been saved through faith. This is not of myself, but it is a gift of God so that no man should boast. Um, and to walk in the works that he has prepared before me. Amen. I always say that you're, every time that we see you at Grace, you are just full of joy. <laughs> you are always so happy, and it's always such a uh, blessing just to be around you, that, that kind of joy and love that you have for the Lord and for all your brothers and sisters. I think the first time we met, it was in Sojourners, our fellowship group. How yeah. do you feel that the Lord has used all this journey in your life, your your previous life and now to to where you are with the Lord to be able to um, help other people in their walk with the Lord? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so I had no idea that the Lord was, I love biblical counseling, by the way. It's just, it's amazing and I love it. Um, and so I had no idea that while I was in prison, I was doing the same thing, but I had no idea that it was called biblical counseling. Uh, and I helped brothers who were struggling with sins. And um, I remember this one time where this brother, he's like, look, I like talking to you. I just hate it that I feel like I'm in a counseling room when I talk to you. And it, I mean, the Lord used that, you know, and once I got out immediately, as soon as I got out, um, I heard there was biblical counseling classes that they were offering. And I was like, hmm, what is that? I'm, I'm just going to plug myself in. Yeah. So I had no money and I had no job at that time. And by God's grace, uh, brother Nico, who he's the, I, I actually asked him like, Hey, is there any way you can help me out? And I'll pay you back as soon as possible. And he's like, no worries. He actually, he gave me like 
extra money. He's like, look, just keep it. And so I, he, God even used that. And I took the cal- the counseling classes. And so that has been so effective for me because uh, I'm not, I'm not to say that uh, I, I've seen it all or done it all, but I was very, I'm very familiar with the sins that I was in and even just meeting other people. Um, I was, there's some who were in heavier darkness than others. And I would have to say that that was for me. And so that's helped me because the lifestyle that a lot of game members come through uh, or living, you have like, especially when like you're involved in like uh, uh, drug dealing and all that, you have like this discernment, you know, like w- picking up on like obvious things and God even used that. So like when I'm counseling, like I'm able to pick up like, okay, like is, is he really being uh, honest with himself or discerning, like so picking up on certain words because the word of God says, you know, um, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, you know? And so you being, being very discerning about what people say and um, relating to like God or my, myself words and stuff like that. So God has used those very, my past in, in a very tremendous way um, to be able to pick up and, and counsel others in a very effective way. And through the many times that I've studied and, and immersed myself in God's word, um, I'm able to, you know, exemplify as Christ, you know, in that way as he is the wonderful counselor. I just wanted to ask, um, you know, since, you know, coming to grace and, you know, obviously since being saved and, and growing so much, have you like had any opportunities to, um, you know, just like share with like your family or, you know, uh, I mean, have they have they seen you at all? Like, have they been able to see? Because you know, one of the the greatest things is is when a non-believer can see the change that you know we cannot do on our own. You know, the mm-hmm. the change that comes with God giving us a heart transplant. Yeah, um, thank you for that question. Um, so immediately there was uh, they, my family. I if there's anything that I've done was really uh, broken those bridges from with my family, at least in the past. Um, And they seen that um, I was doing everything that I can to restore and to um, um, complete that relationship over overall. If you don't have a relationship with God, uh, Christ is that bridge, you know, you cannot really fully have a, a restored relationship unless Christ is in your life and, um, be able to think biblically on those terms. And so I was doing everything and the way they're familiar with it's was different. And my life was a lot striking and it wasn't the same day. I they didn't say it, but I do. I did see that they're like, Oh, this is just a phase. This is a facade that he's, it's going to, he's going to get over it. And there's a lot of times where a lot of my family are, they're not saved and um they um would always offer me like you know drugs and um hey like come on you know leave that jesus stuff alone and it's not real and 
um, talk about the church in the wrong way. And of course, mm-hmm. the word of God says, uh, answer a fool according to his folly. Lysias should be wise in his own eyes. And, and, and so it was um, my family. I've had many, especially during this time of quarantine, um, just living Christ before them. Um, I like what Psalms 101 says, just living with integrity in your house. You know, um, I think that the best, uh, some, you know, there's there's times and that people would not even open the, open up the word of God, but you may be the only Bible that somebody reads. And so I, I, I do my best, um, actually, in Christ, uh, working and toiling um, with all the energy that comes from Christ um, to radiate Christ into the life of my family. They are lost and I have many opportunities to share the gospel. And um, the other day, actually two days ago, my talk to my aunt who's talking with Mormons and told her what they believe and, you know, overall just bringing them back to the self-attesting authoritative word of God. And, and so I've had many opportunities by God's grace, but they have not responded. And I pray for them every day. And whoever may be watching, if you can continue to pray for that as well. And at times, um, just that God would, well, he does provide those opportunities, but that I would be faithful to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, what are some of, like, some of the books or other resources that have been helpful for you with your own walk with the Lord? That's a wonderful question. If anybody knows me, I love books. Mm-hmm. I love I love reading and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm all about um, uh, Christian apologetics. I'm all about um, counseling. So one of the books that really helped shape my counseling and my mindset is um, Instrument, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul David Tripp and also um, um, Christ Formed in You by Brian Hedges. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two books have really shaped my counseling and um, for apologetics, um, it would have to be um, Presuppositional Apologetics by Greg Bonson. Um, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, um, again, people would have different approaches, but I believe that that is the best approach and has uh, the foundation of, on the Word of God. And there's none like the Word of God, as we know that the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and um, we must uh, have a presuppositional uh, approach to God's word and, and apologetics. Um, overall, it comes down to sanctifying Christ in your hearts um, to be able to make that defense for the hope that is in you. And overall, I truly um, believe that there's this one book, one of my favorite books, uh, this obviously below the Bible, is called The Measure of a Man by Gene A. Getz. That book is a must for every Christian man, I believe. Yeah, and I have a, one last question. Can you give me three things that brings you joy? Can you share one? <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think that one of the first ones would be prayer. Um, I love praying. And 
I've noticed that when I find myself in prayer, um, it's very draining. Um, like if you spend a lot, like I like what it says, uh, pray without season. At times I had struggled so many times, like how can, how is that even possible, you know? But being conscious of God at every moment, at every time, prayer brings me so much joy. I want to allow God to use me to change the world. It, it, it starts on my knees. You know, it's going to have to start on my knees. Um, so I, joy, that's the top one. And second is, I mean, all you guys who are believers would agree, um, just being at the church being at the church i just love my brothers and sisters so very much and yeah just the church and how i'm able to be a part of it especially grace community church and, and another thing that brings me joy is uh, my daughters my daughters and as hard as it is with my oldest daughter i just you know to be around them and it it just fills my heart um, with a lot of love and the fact that God, you know, allowed me to have these two children and it brings me a lot of joy and to be even to be involved in their life again. And I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that. So that's that's what brings me joy. Well, as we know that the word of God says in First Corinthians six that and such were some of you. And he, according to Hebrews, he is able to save to the uttermost those who are perishing. And, you know, if there's any person who's losing hope because of this circumstance, remember Hebrews 1.3 that he upholds Christ, upholds the universe by the power of his word. <laughs>